1: Well, hello, everybody, and welcome, welcome, welcome to The Forbes Factor. It is one of my all-time favorite hours of the week. And i got to tell you, I've got a very special guest for us today. You're not going to, one of my new exciting friends. But before we get into that, I just want to wrap up the year. If you're listening live, uh, it's exciting. i got to tell you, as we move into 2024, a number that, when I was little, seemed like a space age number. Like, wow, that's just so far in the future, you know? And we always play this game, Where in the World is Forbes Riley? So just to recap, some really fun things. I spent last week in New York City. It was my son and his twin sister's 21st birthday. So yes, nothing like having twins who can drink and like to. My daughter went to New Orleans with her dad to go on the, my what is my favorite drink search in New Orleans? I think they said they passed out like twice. I don't know. I don't want to know that part of the story. Um, I don't drink. So it was kind of an irony. My son and I went to two different Broadway shows. And I don't know, many of you know that I grew up doing Broadway. First of all, dreaming of Broadway. I was 16 years old when I saw my first Broadway show. And I almost fell out of my seat just going, oh, dear God, that's what I want to be doing. And then I got to do a couple of the plays that you see on Broadway. And it's just been an extraordinary life. I got bitten by this bug of the magic in a theater with thousands of people live and what can happen. So my daughter and I have been to a lot of them, both in the U.S. and then over in London, they call it the West End. But my son hasn't really done that. So I found myself answering questions like, Mom, what is Broadway? And Broadway is not only a theater, but it's a concept. It's a street. And I, it was so exciting to share that with him. First show we went to was the Book of Mormon, which mm-hmm. now, you know, I took my daughter to this when she was underage. she was 12. No one explained to me that the profound use of the F word and dildos was going to be part of a show that my kid was sitting next to me watching. I don't remember the play because I was holding my hands over her ears. This time it was much more fun and uh, it's very provocative and it's very informative and very funny. And then we went to see Gutenberg. Now this is funny and I just, I'm going to promote this because they didn't ask me to, I don't get paid for it, but I love this. It is two actors on stage with three musicians for an entire Broadway show. And it could be the funniest most talented thing that I have ever seen on Broadway. And my son was blown away because the two guys walk out on stage, like literally saying things like, hey guys, like this is the first time we're doing the show. You know, we know we're on the wrong side of Broadway. We're here to raise some money. My son thought it was legitimate. That's how good they were. And then they break out into song and they do this entire play as though they are pitching the play to producers. And because they don't have cast members, they use baseball caps. So at some point the baseball cap is the old guy. And then the young girl is the other baseball cap. And the other one is, and it's just magnificent. It was Josh Gad, who uh, we all love as the snowman in Frozen. And I cannot wait to interview him on my show. I fell in love with him and the talent and yay for them. Just putting this crazy spin on Broadway. Uh, And so I had a wonderful week in New York I, I highly recommend if you've never been in New York City, it's still beautiful and wonderful. And the stores and the shopping and the, the color and Christmas in New York is something very special. See, when I was younger, I didn't have a whole lot of money. And one of the many jobs that I lucked into because I love Broadway so much was these kids from Texas would come up as a high school class and they were looking for a tour guide to give them a tour of New York. And then they would give you like five or six Broadway tickets because they'd go to see these shows I was over this for, for 10 years. I couldn't wait to Christmas because I got like five Broadway shows and I got to give my tour of New York. And it really, this is like 30 years ago, brought back some massive memories hanging out with my kid. The last thing I'll say is if you've got children, which means more than one child. You should, as a parent, devote time to one alone. Some of my best memories, I love hanging out with my kids together, but it's usually like them against me or them with me or whatever them is, especially if they're, they're twins, by themselves, it's the most unique, amazing experience. So happy birthday to Riker and McKenna. 21 is a distant memory for me, but I wish you all the best in your very long life ahead. Get a little teary about that. Uh, and now tomorrow, apparently, I'm going to New York for a day. I'm not, sorry, going to LA for a day. I'm shooting a TV show. And then my next guest is going to hear this. He's going to love hearing this. Joshua, you all know my, my husband, Mr. Fitness over here. He got a job. Get this where he is Arnold Schwarzenegger's body with a young Arnold Schwarzenegger head imposed on it for a State Farm commercial for this year's Super Bowl. But so no. that means Joshua is Arnold. So, Marcus, that's what a better introduction. Marcus is a phenomenal entrepreneur. You're going to hear about his eight to nine figure journey, how he helps other people, but he's also been a fitness cover model. I did some research. Dude, take your clothes off because you look so good. <laughs> Marcus, welcome to the stage, my friend. Say hi to everybody. They're all, um, I got tons of people watching you live. They're hello, just so everybody.
0: Excited. Hello, Forbes. So great to see you. Thank you for having me here. Uh, I and huge congratulations for anybody who didn't see it. Forbes won this beautiful, prestigious award recently. She is the influencer of the year, and so well deserved because it's this is not just social media influencer. This is the real meaning of the word influencer, which is what you are. You were you there? Wait, wait, wait. People. Were you at the ceremony? No, I was not. I don't need to be when I when I know the woman in front of me. So I'm just I'm so proud of you. Huge congratulations!
1: Well, thank you very very much. It's been a it's been a huge beautiful journey because we're going to talk about how you started and where you came from and how you rose to this this level because success does leave clues. Yeah. And I drop as many breadcrumbs as I can for as many people as I can because Mm. no one really did that for me. Yeah. I when I was growing up, I saw people on screen. And I had no idea how you got to be on screen, how you got to be famous, how you got to have the right clothes and the right, none of it. So I have experimented my whole life. And I realized that you can shortcut it for a lot of people because a lot of people deserve to have their message and their stories out there. Yes.
0: I agree. Yes.
1: And when I met you, we were both on a television show. Thanks to the wonderful David Meltzer. I was immediately just struck. You have an aura about you. Um, And I think you must know that, but There's a level of accomplishment and humility that I found very, very attractive and thought, you know, I want to know more about this man and how better than to do it on Forbes Factor. Thank you,
0: Forbes. And listen, you know, it was, it was really a beautiful thing for us to meet. And I absolutely felt that as well, but here's, what's so wild, just even in your introduction, I'm listening. I'm like, wow, it's so incredible how much you and I have in common. So I am someone who is a big proponent of taking your kids separately and having experiences. But this, let's go a step deeper here. This is so crazy. I got back less than three weeks ago from taking my oldest, Claire, to New York to experience Broadway for the first time.
1: (laughs) Oh, I should have called you. Oh my God, How, how old is Claire?
0: Claire is 14 and we considered going to the Book of Mormon, but we had this hunch that it was a little bit too much. So we went to Harry Potter and it was unbelievable. Unbelievable, the magic that they did on stage. And it was three full hours, which going into it, I'm kind of nervous. I'm a tall guy. I'm like, am I going to be bored as anything? I'm not a Harry Potter head. Uh, but I absolutely loved it. She absolutely loved it. And we committed that the next time we do something like that, we're going to get into character together. I wanted to be wearing a cape. I wanted to go all the way. So we're going to do that next time. But I just love it. And that experience of just her and I, the memories we created just her and I, and you're so right. New York is still so beautiful. And going around Christmas time or going around Thanksgiving like we did, it was unbelievable.
1: All right, where do you
0: live? Where's home? Vancouver, up in here in Canada.
1: All right, well, we'll have to, we should rendezvous in New York. I didn't do the Harry Potter. I wasn't sure I'd ever want to. I did Lion King and a couple of the big ones. But, you know, now that you say it, I'm like, all right, I could go back and do that. It was awesome. I will tell you, you know what else we did? We did Madame Tussard's. The Wax Museum. The Wax Museum, absolutely. We took pictures with everybody. (laughs) I can't wait to post them on my social media. I'm hanging out with Matthew McConaughey, and there's Angelina Jolie. And my son, was he'd never seen anything like that. He's like, if you look at them long enough, they look like they could move and talk to you. I believe it. I believe it. And your daughter would absolutely love that. Oh, my God. How many kids do you have?
0: I have two beautiful girls, and I am blessed with maybe the most amazing females on
1: the planet. Oh, I love that. That's such a great dad thought. Oh, good for you. All right. So we look at you. I did do some research. I had no idea that you were on that many covers. That's just an extraordinary <laughs> as a fitness guy. So let's take you back to square one. Where were you, where did you grow up?
0: I, I grew up just outside of Vancouver, British Columbia. Uh, do your
1: parents immigrated?
0: My father did. Yes. From Lithuania. Uh, my Mochita, that's my grandma. She escaped the Russians and then dealt with the Nazis, and oof, there is some history there.
1: Wow, have you written about that?
0: Actually, my wife wrote my Mochita's book, and they they spent seven years working on it together, and then unfortunately my Mochita just passed uh, a few years ago. She would be turning 100 next week.
1: Oh, I love this, because my history comes from the Ukraine. Okay. All my grandparents came from there. They all immigrated to New York, some to Brooklyn, some yeah. to New York. My grandfather, one of them was a butcher. The other, my great-grandfather actually helped build some of New York, apparently. I missed out on that inheritance. Uh, but I got a set of hardworking, you know, second-generation parents who really laid a path for me to move their needle forward. They would have been very proud. They're gone about 25 years now, uh, which is challenging. So you come here. What did your dad do?
0: Uh, my father, uh, he's a he's a bit of an entrepreneur now. He's a, He's a money man, let's say. I'll be honest with you, I'm not very close with my parents, sadly. Okay. Um, Love them and respect them for the role that they played in my life. But uh, growing up, our family broke up really early. I was seven years old when they divorced. And um, uh, by the way, I just want to say this real quick. You guys are going to hear some of my backstory, but I am not my backstory. I own my backstory. I love my backstory. Of course, there's tons of pain and brokenness in it. But that's not who I am today. And I just want to say that because I know there's a lot of people listening who are going to be like, oh, my goodness, that's a similar story to mine. And I'm hoping if you're still dealing with any of that, that you can see where I am today and go, man, there's hope for me to, like, get through this and, and really own your backstory.
1: I'm going to tell you, we are absolutely cut from the same cloth. I have a very I have a lot of trauma in my backstory. My dad spent three years in the hospital. He had a horrible accident. We didn't have a whole lot of money. My mom was held up at the house at gunpoint. I can go on and on. Oh. and and I look at my parents, and I use them both in my speeches. I don't know how they'd feel if they were alive. But I talk about my mom, and the reason I'm in fitness is because she was always two hundred and sixty pounds. She didn't mm. go out. She had agoraphobia. She had other things issues. And I do believe, and I love that you just said it and pre-framed it the way you are, because we walk the same walk. I love my backstory. Yes. And I love the negativity, and I love the crazy positive. My dad was a magician and an inventor. And I've tweaked that, like we talk about, to serve me and my story moving yes. forward. And I honor it, and I love it, and I don't want to be it.
0: Yes. Oh, I love Forbes, so much the same story. Because my father and I didn't have a relationship, but it's because of that that I have the relationship I have with my children and with my wife. I'm obsessed with my kids, I'm obsessed with my wife. And I owe that to my father, not because he showed me a good example, but I just didn't wanna turn out the way things turned out for him and for us. And again, not to slam my dad. I love my dad and I so appreciate
1: that role he played. And he showed me what, what I didn't want. Well, you know, it's very funny because of my history and my journey, and I grew up as a very ugly little girl. I had braces for eight years. I couldn't talk for two of them. I had I think, something in my mouth. And I've twi- turned all that around. I teach that now. I do a thing called Breakthrough so that people can experience exactly what you just said. Mm. So people who have alcoholic fathers or they've been abused. I have one, one woman in my world who's never really been kissed because she was gang raped at 12. Oh, no. And because of the work we've done together, and this is not a lot of my public work. People, people see me as a pitch person, actress, whatever. I, but behind the scenes, I do a lot of traumatic healing. Mm. to get to exactly the sentence that you just said is that whatever the relationship was, and odds are it was not good. That seems to be more than not. But how do you become an amazing person? You own it, you blame it, you go through it, then you thank it, and then you love it. And you go, you know what? I love what happened to me. I've had somebody say they love the kid who killed her brother. Mm. It took her quite a long time to say that word out of her mouth. Yeah. But when she did what started to heal was her own heart. Yes. You're not really saying it to the guy. Your brother's gone. But if you hang on to this anger forever, you become brittle and you fall apart. But if you can find that space, and the last thing I'm going to say to you, because I did say this uh, at at David Meltzer's thing and got into a huge heated conversation. I don't believe in the word forgiveness. Mm. David does. You know who else doesn't? Guru Dev. Guru Dev came in the next night and said, I don't believe in forgiveness. And David looked at me, he's like, and I'm like, Hey, it's not your, pro- you, you can process through it, but look where Marcus, you came from. So thank your dad, and love your dad. And if he was this super rich, amazing, loving dad, you might be an idiot. Odds yeah. are. <laughs> and <Yeah>. so congratulations.
0: <laughs> I, I totally agree. I totally agree. That's absolutely who I could have turned, in, turned out to be. And I don't want to be that guy. So No, I'm I've very met that
1: guy. You don't want to be that guy. I've met him.
0: <laughs>
1: All right. So you became, you, you, you went on this path. Yes. And share with me the the journey and the decisions that you made that helped lead you where you are.
0: Sure. Uh, So one of the most special things that happened to me in my life, it was the real turning point for my life at 15 so, up until 15, I was sad. I was broken. Just like you, I had so many issues with my appearance. I was six foot four, 120 pounds. <laughs> oh, ouch. That's, that's my sick. son.
1: I know. I know. Yes. Hello. I can see through you.
0: <laughs> yes. So embarrassed of who I was. No confidence, no self worth. And shocker, the girls didn't love that. And shocker, the guys did. And not the way you might think. The bullies were all about me. But at 15, I had this beautiful revelation and I, the way I talk about it and remember it, God really spoke to me and said, hey, you're about to go somewhere on a trip where no one knows who you are back home. So you can choose to be this person that the world has forced you to become or you can be yourself, the one you really want to be. Because I know there's confidence in me. I know there's something special in me. And just like that, I got off the plane, a different man. And everybody accepted me like that. I was confident. I was able to talk to the girls. I was hanging out with the cool guys. I was going on dates with cheerleaders. It blew my mind. And I realized, wow, it really is just a choice. And even at that young age, I recognized, I'm like, this could change everybody's world. And so ever since uh, 30 years now in the making, I help others make that same choice. Just to go, you don't have to make a radical change. You don't have to do a 180 like I did. But maybe there's a little piece of your life that you'd like to improve. And I go, right, let's just improve it immediately. Let's make that choice today, right now. And let's start taking steps to become that person.
1: The universe wanted us to meet and is laughing right now because at 15, I needed money to go to college and we didn't have any. And my dad was in the hospital. My mother turned to me and said, we're broke Uh, But there's this beauty pageant in town called the Miss Teenage America pageant. It's going to be on TV with Bob. hope it's a big deal. And then she looked at my face with my broken nose and my teeth and everything was wrong with me and my frizzy hair. And she had one of those moments where she's like, yeah, okay, what are we going to do? And my dad's doctor overheard her say that and said, you know what? I'm going to fix your daughter's nose. And I have this before and after photo. And Marcus, as if by overnight, I went from being a very awkward, ugly girl by all beauty standards to a really cute kid. Within one, who knows? One knows. My eyes got bigger. My I cut my hair. I ended this competition and I won oh. against all odds. Let me tell you something. This is not even a joke. The kid last likely to succeed anywhere, won a beauty competition, didn't tell anybody I'd entered, went all the way to the Miss Teenage America pageant, and then had the worst week of my life. So it's a funny thing. I got there and they're like, y'all have the funniest accent. I remember saying like, what the fuck you talking about? have an accent. Stop talking New York. What's uh-huh. wrong with you? <laughs> And I was a different religion from everyone else in the 1970s. I got made fun of, scrutinized. It was the worst week of my life. And congratulations to me because I left that moment and said, you know what? Nobody should suffer like that. If I can create a voice for myself and others, I will do it and I will use it. So it's a funny thing. These two little 16, 15, 16-year-olds are running around going, I'm going to change the world.
0: Yes. Oh, Forbes, that's such a beautiful story. And what I love about that, if, if anybody missed this somehow... There was this turning point in her life that she could have seen as the worst moment of her life, and like ah oh, and this it's it's because of this, I can't succeed, and I've been in a in my shell the rest of my life, but she saw it as no, 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 this, this is the turning point for the positive. and I love that, and I'm so grateful that you made that decision. And that you are the person you are today. And it's still that
1: moment that was your turning point that I'm sure drives you so hard to today. Well, it it is funny that those decisions that we made do continue to drive us. And you can choose the bad side of that or the good side. I have totally, and I don't know why, I don't know why Marcus did either, but I made a very positive decision back then to live the life I am based on that. I mean, I I took it so much so about being prejudiced for something about you that you can't change that when I got to college, I put the first black and white acting groups together at my school. And recently, 37 years later, somebody showed up at my doorstep with an award and said, we want to thank you for what you did. I'm sorry, I don't, back then it was on microfiche. I don't know how anybody found this, but the thought that you could do something in a small little world that has a ripple effect that affects people is something that I hold on to very, very dearly. Mm, That's beautiful. I know. Crazy. All right. So now you've, now you're in a different world. You're a different guy. Do you ever feel an imposter syndrome?
0: Uh, I did back in the day, a ton, of course. And I think moments of that can creep in, but now I've reinforced it for so many years of like, no, I belong. And the fact is, I think everybody experiences imposter syndrome. And that's one of those things that makes me recognize Well, maybe we all shouldn't, (laughs) right? right? Like if everybody, it's like everybody's experiencing oxygen. So should we be going, uh, I don't know. I'm I'm worried about this oxygen thing. It's like, (laughs) no, like we, we've all, we've all got it going in and out. I don't need to think about it anymore.
1: Oh my God. That's crazy. All right. Fast forward a little bit, because what came first, you decided to be a fitness person or just got fit and it found you?
0: Uh, I'm gonna say, got fit and found me. I mean, I I just loved it. Working out, it transformed me so fast, and not physically. I mean, I'm look how thin I still am. Uh, but I just I liked what it did for me up here. I, I liked the confidence it gave me, and it gave me discipline, and it taught me discipline, and and it gave me structure. And every single day, I could move towards a goal. And so I I started to take a lot of supplements. I loved supplementation because I was gonna always do it the natural route. And because of that, I had to learn, I had to learn, I had to learn. And people were starting to come to me going, Hey, you're the supplement guy. Tell me some advice. And so I ended up having one of my first businesses was just a wall like this full of supplements in my bedroom and people would come and sit on my bed. And I described to them, here's how to take these supplements. Here's what to do and come back to me and see me later and tell me how it went. I I was a natural drug dealer for a lot of years (laughs) and, uh, and, and that was a lot of fun. And then that, It started to lead to a bigger business. And I started saying, well, how do I make this much bigger? And I couldn't do it in my bedroom. Uh, That was going to be too weird. Uh, So (laughs) I moved into my first store and that was going great. Turned into three stores. But again, I wanted to go bigger. And the next step was to develop my own brand. And I really felt a calling to develop my own brand with integrity and, and to do it the way I wanted to do it. And that's what Magnum was. And I ran that company for just under 19 years before God said, you're going to sell that company now. And then he sent me a buyer and I got to exit the company. It was unbelievable. During those 19 years, I've started other businesses. I've exited other businesses. I'm an investor. It's been an unbelievable journey. And I know I'm fast forwarding through a lot of great parts, but it brings us to today where I can spend time with amazing human beings like you go to wonderful events and be invited onto shows with David Meltzer. And One of the things I hope people get out of this, if nothing else, is to go, no matter where you are today, that's not the path you have to be on for the rest of your life. You can radically change things by tomorrow. Look at Forbes and I. We were on paths that should have led to the dumpster. But here we are today with some pretty cool experiences, some pretty uh, clear versions of success, whatever success looks like for the listener. And life's pretty awesome.
1: It is. Now you got young kids. Did you, wait, tell me about meeting your wife.
0: Oh, I met my wife at church. God, God put her in my eyes. I can still remember the exact moment I saw her. Oh, what a special moment. And it's so funny because my health and my crazy eating habits actually made her fall in love with me very quickly. It was the very first time we met. We talked very briefly and I knew she had some interest in me and I had some interest in her, but it was also feeding time. So I went into the back of the church. This is uh this is for a youth event. We were watching a Canucks game, hockey game on the big screen. And I go into the back, it's kind of dark because I got my little cooler and I open it up and I'm just eating chicken breasts. And she walks by and she goes, are you eating ice cream? (laughs) And and I go, actually, it's a chicken breast. And she's laughing and I'm laughing. And we just have this conversation, which, which just led to her being like, holy smokes, this guy's really disciplined. He's sitting in the back of a church while everybody's having a good time watching a hockey game. And he's eating chicken breasts. This is just weird but it was clearly her kind of weird and you know that's uh that's a beautiful thing i like to teach people like that's not everybody's type of weird i'm sure lots of people would be like you are a freaking weirdo yep and i'm so okay with that i don't have to change (laughs) me if i'm not your cup of tea but i was my wife's cup of tea and i forbes i know i'm your cup of tea and what happens is you attract the right people and you repel the wrong people how is that not a great thing? So own who you are, find out who you are authentically and be that person.
1: Oh, I love it. I love it. You know, it's funny. One of the things that I've been asked to do and I think I've been called to do is to write a parenting book. Mm. Uh, I've written lots of fun books, but I have a very unique way that I raise my children. I didn't have my twins. Until I was 42 and I was already having some very disciplined concepts about how to do this and, and now it's worked out because they're 21. And I literally had my son call me and say, mom, you know, that thing where you didn't punish us, we had to punish ourselves. Thank you. Awesome. Which you definitely want. Thank yous. I like thank yous in business. And I love thank yous for my kids because he recognized because back then I didn't want to be the bad guy. I waited a long time to have you guys. Now you do something wrong. I'm supposed to punish you. Oh, uh-huh. mom did. No. So I would say to them, you know, you did this. It's not correct to do that. What's the punishment? And my kids go, okay, mom, here's my cell phone for the weekend. Okay, I'll take it. Or I have to sit in the corner, whatever it happened to be. Because now you realize, like, mom, there's kids in college, they just like run amok, they'll do everything. And that's because they don't have the self-discipline to understand how to do, you know, there are consequences to everything you do. And I don't think I realized it as profoundly, but when you get a thank you from your kid, you're like, that's pretty good. Um, I love that. Another one that I love too, that you just might get a kick up, maybe we'll do something together, is how do you explain kids how to eat healthy? So the best mm. thing for me was I, they were raised around Jack LaLanne. Did you ever get to meet Jack?
0: I, I never got to meet him, but I spent time in circles just outside of his.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, Mark Wahlberg is going to play him in a movie next year. That's very exciting. I spent eight yes. years with that man. I love I that did I did four infomercials with him, grossed over a billion dollars in sales. Normal. And, uh, and now still friends with his wife, who is 97 years young. She's amazing. Love it. And one of the things is I said to my kids, I think you'll appreciate this. I said, as i was trying to figure out what's the, what's the way to get them to understand about sugar and stuff. And I said, you know, when you go to bed at night and you're a kid, you get a cut, you wake up the next morning, it's gone. Let me tell you how that works. There's little guys inside of you. They look like Bob, the builder. They have a little light on their head. They have a little cup for water and you have to keep that cup filled with water or they don't do their job. Because when you go to sleep, they wake up and they start stitching you up and they clean out your poop and they give you your energy. And when you wake up, but If you eat too much sugar, they're so sluggish they don't wake up. And then you start to pile on the extra fat, which should have been shoveled out a long time ago. So you want to what? One, make sure that you always got the cup full of water. To this date, my daughter will not drink a soda. She only drinks water. And I had to explain to her, she's like, did those guys have like yellow hats, mom? She was 15 when she asked me that question. I got to tell you, I haven't told that story since they were eight years old. But I used to tell it all the time. And then one time it backfired, Marcus, we're at an event and there was a woman who was rather large and she looked at me and was like, mom, her people are all sleeping. Uh-oh. <laughs> you know, so I, I love some of those crazy stories because I think it worked out really well. As yeah. I'm sure you've got all kind of parenting secrets that probably you and your wife do that other people don't, don't traditionally do. Yes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Can I share you one fun one that- uh, No, that,
1: I would love it.
0: Yeah. So- we we've been doing really well in business over the years. And the very first time we had a big win, you know, I wanted my kids to get, uh, to share in that joy. And so I was younger. And so I just gave them a, a nice little check and it was, it was exciting. And, and we went out for a big dinner and, and it was, it was exciting. Well, praise God, there was another opportunity where it was another big business I was able to sell. And I'm like, well, I want to celebrate with my kids, but you know what? I don't want to just give them a check. So, Here's what I told them. I said, girls, something big is coming up. I'm about to sell this business. I want to celebrate with you, but I don't want to just hand you money. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a 30-day window. As much money as you can earn outside the house, I'm going to put a zero on the end of it. So... I'm going to teach you guys. It's not just how much your top end is. It's profits. So you have to create some sort of a business. You have to come up with something and you have to go outside. So this is not in the house. This is not doing your chores. No, no, no. You have to get out there and you're going to learn something, but you're also going to learn about profits. You're going to learn about costs. You're going to learn about margins. They learned Excel spreadsheets like fricking champs. It was within (laughs) about,
1: how old are they at this point?
0: They were, oh man, I want to say 11 and eight, 11 and uh, nine or 12 and 10.
1: guys. I've got a lot of people. I've got Jade and Carla and Noreen. A lot of my friend people watching. Randy Joe is on in Vernon. I want you to listen. They were little when you did this. All right. So what did they do?
0: So it was maybe three or four nights later, they came up with, they're going to make artisan uh, hot chocolates. And it was the beautiful sleeve with hot chocolate mix, some chocolate shavings, some, some uh, marshmallows, and then a bunch of different kinds of flavors. So sometimes they ground up some candy canes. Sometimes they did butterscotch chocolate chips or score. They did beautiful ribbons. And then we had this discussion, well, Dad, what should we charge? And I said, well, first, what is your cost? And they're like, well, how the heck? Okay, we're going to have to figure out what is the cost. Figured out the cost, figured out the price. If you buy four, you get this price. And then they went door to door. <gasps> and I loved it because they got to experience real rejection. And I warned <laughs> them ahead of time. I said, you are going to get rejected. Some people don't care that you're beautiful, cute little kids. And I, I, want you to, I want you to accept it. And I want you to go, I don't care. I'm going to knock on the next door and the next door and the next door. And my kids profited over... $350.
1: That's insane. That's, that's, that's like the best story I've heard.
0: Wow. <laughs> and I was so happy that I had to write them these huge checks. $3,500 is what I turned that into. And, of course, they were so excited about that. But I love it because I didn't just hand them anything. And I just told, I told them, man, if you guys do nothing, I'm not giving you a penny. <laughs> I don't care.
1: How did they handle the rejection at that age, do you think? Although being cute kids and girls, count, you know. But still.
0: Do you know, this is one of the thing—the biggest encouragements I give to to parents who are listening to this story. Get them finding that rejection early because they haven't yet had the world tell them what rejection means. Oh, oh my goodness. If they say no to you, that means you're this, this, and this. You're not good enough. You're not strong enough. You're not. Once that stuff is built on, then it's like, oh, no, rejection is the worst. Well, my kids didn't quite have that yet. And... I prepared them, I warned them, we had a big discussion. Some people are gonna say no. What do you think that means when they say no to you? And we just had a discussion. Well, it could be a lot of things. You're absolutely right, it could be. Maybe they don't have the money right now. Maybe they don't have the, maybe they don't like hot chocolate. Maybe they're allergic to hot chocolate. So all these things being said, why would you assume the worst? Why would you think, oh, it's cause I'm not pretty enough or smart enough or I didn't say the right words, I screwed up. Let's let's just think the best and then learn from it. Go to the next house.
1: Okay, this is almost as good as my story. No, I'm sorry, it's, it's better. Because I tell a story about no. I've never heard this before, Marcus. I'm loving this. I tell the story about how I created my concert about no because I personally hated rejection. I'm an actress every single day. As an actress, even though I worked all the time, I got rejected. You're too old. You're too young. You're too, and it is personal yeah. because they're rejecting you, yes. not your hot chocolate, which is very hard to deal with. <laughs> if you've got a small ego. Do not do what I did to myself. <laughs> but then one day, my five-year-old son, who's got big blue eyes, walks up. And he says, mommy, can I have a piece of candy? And I said, no. I said, it's time for, bre- time for dinner. Go go play. Comes back five minutes later. Mommy, can I have a piece of chocolate if I eat my broccoli? And I'm like, no. Go, just go play, will you? Five minutes later, there he is. It's like, mommy. I'm a kid and I want a piece of candy. And I started laughing and I'm like, all right, fine. So at that moment in my Uh life, I'm like, you know, I don't think no is rejection. I think yes is, yes makes you stop. When you ask someone to marry you, if they say yes, you do not ask someone else. Yeah. Unless you're in Utah, thanks to the Book of Mormon. No, just kidding. (laughs) But the point is he, no, you know what no meant to him? And I got it. It meant never ending opportunity. And oh, he was going to keep asking until he got what he wanted. There was no attachment he was like, well, that didn't work. I'll try something else. That didn't work. I'll t-. And it, I, knew, I could see it in his eyes. He was getting candy. He'll yeah. figure out. a. W- and I thought, yes. why don't we do that? Yes. Why don't we just keep figuring out a way to get the yes? Yes. And I have an in Marcus, I know we only we kind of knew each other, knew, know each other now, but it's new. In my, in my trainings, and I've got over 35,000 students now that I've done in the last couple of years, because mm. uh, being online is my jam. But I'll ask people, do you want to see something cool? Marcus, do you want to see something cool?
0: Yes, please. Yes.
1: And I got my first yes. And I knew you were going to say yes. That's how cool (laughs) this is. I teach people to get a yes, to not ask a question you don't know the answer to. So that's one of my business secrets. What's one of yours? You have definitely bought and sold companies. I've never sold a company. I want to know what's some of your secret sauce?
0: Mm. I think my top secret sauce is gratitude. It's, uh, it's such an underutilized, beautiful, beautiful state of being. If you come at everything with gratitude, and, and I can give you a bit more of a description of what that means, because maybe that's too broad of a concept for people. But at the sim- most simplistic term, just come at everything being so grateful. For everything in this world, nobody is grateful anymore. It is such a lost <clears throat> art. So the people who come to me with such gratitude and true gratitude, like Marcus, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for pouring this wisdom. Thank you. I'm watching it. I'm going, Oh, I, I will absolutely invest in this human being. I will bend over backwards for this human being because they are such a unicorn now. And I absolutely love learning from unicorns. And I, I, I've been in this gratitude space for so long. Like, I've been so grateful, I've been praying about this moment to hang out with you, Forbes. I've been so grateful that we've gotten to know each other even the little bit that we have. I'm so grateful to be here right now and I think people can see it coming out of my skin. And because of my gratitude, it opens up so many doors. Now, I wanna be clear here, I'm not doing it for ulterior motives. Honestly, the more I pour into gratitude, the more I receive, this is all the reward I need. This time with Forbes is so wonderful and I'm listening so intently and I'm sure people can see that. I'm loving these stories Forbes is telling. I love just being in Forbes' presence because she's so awesome and I know I don't have to convince anybody you're watching it because Forbes is amazing, but it's that kind of gratitude. If you enter the world with that kind of gratitude, not only is the world so much more beautiful, but people give you crazy opportunities. The very first time David's team reached out to me. I was like, are you serious? Thank you so much. And then right away, I became very close with his whole crew because I love those guys. And I know how hard they're working. I'm so grateful for how hard they're working. I'm so grateful that they take so much off of David's plate so that he can be the star that he's supposed to be and connect people like you and I and do the amazing world-changing things that David Meltzer does. So Nick Laser, I'm talking to you, brother. I love you, man. And all of the amazing people that work with, with David Meltzer. So yeah, that's, that's, that's my secret sauce, and I can't encourage it enough.
1: Wow. I have never, ever, ever heard someone articulate it that way. And I will tell you, I feel the same way. I can remember leaning over the dinner table after we had initially met going, would you consider being on my podcast? I was like, when you said yes, I remember that feeling of gratitude going, thank you. I was intrigued by your story. I want to know more. And I think I come to that, but I've never heard anyone articulate it like that before. That's crazy. Hmm. And I, I, I love that. You know, it's funny because last night that just happened to me. The, con- the, the, the concept of manifestation meets gratitude. Mm. So I've been friends with a person for a very long time, but not really that close. Years and years ago when he asked me to be in business with him, but was, was charging me in a lot of money at that time, I couldn't conceptualize that because in my brain, I grew up with no money. So I've always had an issue with certain numbers. And now people are charging me or want to be involved with me for 10 times that. So what was ten thousand yesterday is now hundred thousand, and I'm still going. This is fascinating how the world is changing in the values and the numbers. But I grew up in a time when my mom wouldn't buy us a ten dollar t shirt, but would buy two one dollar t shirts. It was like mm-hmm. so. Yeah, working to come over that has been definitely one of my challenges, <clears throat> and getting money <clears throat> has not been ever the issue. I became a millionaire at twenty seven. It's how you spend it, or how you hold on to it, or what you do with it that has always been a little bit of my history that even though I'm breaking through, it just like pulls at me sometimes. Oh,
0: I feel you Forbes. I, I fully get that. I mean, we have money, but we both, my wife and I both, because we grew up poor. We're like, we got tight fists on that stuff. Sometimes
1: it, it is fascinating how I reframe some of that though. Yeah. And, and my son experienced some of that too. I, and I love that we're talking about this because one of my big fears was to spoil my kids. I want to spoil them and then I don't want spoiled kids. So how do yeah. you make that? Like you went out and taught your kids business. Mine both have that same, you know, my daughter runs a multi million dollar company. My son's in the college of his choice getting hundreds. Awesome. That work ethic <clears throat> has been interesting and it's fun to meet someone of a like mind. But so I, I'm the funniest thing. I just, I love the universe. I'm fascinated by, you can call it coincidence, manifestation, faith. It doesn't matter. To me, it's all the same thing. It's a very blissful place to be. Mm. So <clears throat> I was on the plane flying home, and this person's Instagram popped up. And I had just seen him a couple of months ago, and he was very sweet to me. But now he's gotten so big. Like, he's hanging out with the, the Floyd Maidweathers of the world and traveling on private jets and just blowing it up. And he was doing a TV show, and I was just without a sense of envy at all. That's not what was going on. I was just, like, proud of him. But, you know, I would love to have circled, and I'm sorry I couldn't have seen years ago how to be in business with him. And I left that thought out there in a beautiful way. Six hours later, I walk into my front door after traveling home from New York, being grateful that we missed the storm, both in New York and and Florida, missed the storm totally. My son is home and he's safe. The phone rings, and it's this guy. And this guy says to me, hey, can you, on Wednesday night, fly from East Coast to L.A., to be a guest on my TV show, it's only this one time I would love to have you there. And I'm like, this, who did this? Who, come on, somebody's like working overtime here. What angel just said, all right, let's make this happen for her. And I swear it's beyond magnificent because I recognize the joy of the coincidence of the manifestation and being grateful that I've, because guys, it's really important. The more you do this, the more opportunities come to you, how you handle them. And I know that you, are, you directly feel that. And I love that we have David in common because the other thing he did was he let me speak at that first dinner. You saw the second time I did it. The first time, because of that, I ended up in Guru Dev's environment. And I'm like, wow. I went to an event where there were 500,000 people in DC as an honored guest because of David Meltzer. Wow. You know? Wild. Yeah. So, talk to me about lately changing because I don't. I don't have an hour. I don't have hours. I have an hour about play a bigger game. What does that mean? How did it come about? And tell everybody what you're up to.
0: Oh, thank you, Forbes. This is this is what I've been called to. Uh, I've never been more excited to do something in my whole life, and it's truly my life's work that God has been leading me to this time. It's a community. It's a community for people who want to play a bigger game in life. I you know, I run into so many people every single day and I know you do too, where they feel a little bit stuck. Like I I'm being called to do something more. I know I should be doing something more in life. There's there's more in me to give, but I don't know what to do with that. And I was once that guy. And just like you, Forbes, I I didn't have mentors in my life and I had to figure it out on my own. But can you imagine if a David Meltzer came along way back then and said, "Hey, Forbes, Why don't you come hang out in my circle? Let me make some introductions to you. And if you just spend time with me, guess what's gonna happen? You're gonna learn about business. You're gonna learn about mindset. You're gonna be in the right circles and more opportunities are gonna present themselves every single day. That's what playabiggergame.com is. It's a community for people who should be, could be, want to be, are being called to play a bigger game in life. And it's a community that's gonna surround you with bigger thinkers unbelievable leaders teaching you incredible things in their given space. And by the way, Forbes, I would love for you to come and do a little talk on absolutely anything Forbes <laughs> would like to talk about because you're amazing in so many categories. But what's so beautiful is now we've got this group of people who are just lifting each other up, who are challenging each other, pushing each other to live bigger. And it's it's so clear what happens. If you spend time around big thinkers who are thinking positively, who are loving, it will wear off on you. It rubs off on you so quickly. But if you choose to spend your time with negative Nancys and in dark pools, in dark rooms, guess what? Your light gets dimmed. So before that happens, please come at least take a peek at playbiggergame.com. Schedule a discovery call. It's free. We'll get to talk about if we're the right fit for you, if you're the right fit for us. And if you get invited into this community, it will change your life.
1: Wow. You know, it's funny. We're on a very similar path. I have an inner circle with uh, a fair amount of members because I also couldn't find a community that worked for me. Yes, And so we're going to have to intersect because I think we can be in both communities. Mine is definitely education oriented and loving and entrepreneurial And, you know, I love the fact that there's space for all of this in this world. Yes. You know, I I look at people who are like, well, you know, Tony Robbins already has his people. I'm like, you know what? I've been in Tony's room. There's 10,000 people there. If he does 10,000 people 10,000 times, he hasn't even touched how many people are on the planet. That's right. So I, I love that. And I love you also have a very male and female energy at the same time, which I do as well. My masculine is definitely plays overtime sometime. And yours is very inviting and while well, being masculine, is very it's just very exciting. I'm very proud of you. Oh, Forbes, thank you for
0: recognizing that. You know, that's a real gift from God that I have the manly side of me. I love that, I own that manly side, but I was raised in a house of only women. Ah. And now I live in a house of only women. I got my wife, I got my two daughters, and I got a female budgie. So I know how to balance that estrogen side. And if anybody's listening and they're like, yeah, but Marcus is a little too masculine for me. Listen, we have so many amazing female leaders within playbiggergame.com as well. So it's not just Marcus time. And I also want to encourage everybody, this is not just about playbiggergame.com, but this is Forbes inner circle as well. I know there's a lot of people listening who are going, I, I don't. I've never been in that kind of circle. What does it even look like? And I'm, I'm a nervous to take my first step in there. My encouragement to you is just take one step. Come to discover it a little bit. I'm sure Forbes has something that's very similar where you get to have a peek in. You can have a little audit if you want. You, your life will change so fast. They're not abrasive. You don't get there and people are like, No, I'm going to shake you and we're going to change your life. No, this is like. <laughs> Putting your toe in the the water. Find out how warm it is. When you're ready, put your foot in. It's going to be wonderful. And if at any time you're ready to dive in, great. We've got lifeguards. We've got other people (laughs) in the pool to support you. It's going to be an amazing experience. But to to people like Forbes and I, this is the most obvious answer.
1: Just spend more time in these pools because you're going to learn how to swim. Well, speaking of crazy pools, I'm going to invite you as I did, David. There's only very few invitations here, but on January 3rd, uh, I I run a mastermind. I've been, I had a big mastermind for the last three years. On January 3rd, we're doing naked mastermind. I I will leave (laughs) it. (laughs) It's kind of what you think and not. Uh, But yes, (laughs) when you show up on the zoom, you will not see anybody wearing clothes, uh, which is like, Hmm, how's that possible? Last year, Dave, Brad Lee came in, and it was, he, he stayed. Uh, we only do it one time a year. It's a very unique, exciting environment. And I'm going to tell you, you guys want to join us. Uh, I don't even have the link for it, but I would love if you would look at his face. He's like, huh? <laughs> so just take it on face value. You will not be embarrassed, but you will be, in fact, very delighted wow. uh, and very surprised by how many people. There will be about 500 people there. Wow. Naked uh, Mastermind. So wow. I'm going to extend a public invitation because I think you could kind of rile the audience up a little bit. <laughs> Look at him. Is it? <laughs>
0: I'll I'll have to know a, just a bit more about it at some point. We could talk offline. No, you have I to know. You know what
1: you do, Marcus? You have to trust me that I am everything that you think I am and that I would never embarrass anybody. And it's more amazing than you would imagine. And what's funny about it is where people's brains go going, what? And so it is a level of trust. Yeah. No, you don't get to peek inside. <laughs> I'll send you an invite. Don't worry. We'll talk about it. Hey, are you still in the supplement business? Is that part of what you do?
0: Um, I have investments in this uh, space still, but the main business, no, I, I'm, I've sold. I'm, I'm free of it. And, uh, and I'm wishing them and praying for them every single day that it's a massive success for the new owner as well. But no, this is, God has cleared my plate to do this. And uh, my book comes out in spring which I'm which so excited about. Uh, and it's called Play a Bigger Game. And it's all of the life lessons, the mindset tools, the strategies that I used to play a bigger game in life when I was certain I was not going to be able to play any type of a game.
1: Oh, I love that. All right, well, then we're going to have to trade books because you're going to read The Forbes Factor. F-O-R-B-E-S. Yes. Yes. What an interesting synergistic path to meet a very handsome male version of me. <laughs> it, between you and Joshua, I'm not sure which guy I'd like to be <laughs> uh, but either, combination of both. Um, what's you. one thing that you can tell us about love that we may not know.
0: Ooh, yes. Love can actually change the world, your world, your outer world, your inner world immediately. If you start leading with love, and I know that can be a big concept for people to hear, but I've really changed over the last few years to lead with love. And not everybody is going to accept that love, just like not everybody likes my cup of tea. But the people who are supposed to be in my circles, they accept my love and love my love. And if I lead with love, it tra- transforms me every single day, and it helps me be the man I wanna be. I sleep better at night because I lead with love. I wake up excited to experience the day because I lead with love, and it truly transforms the people around me as well. So my encouragement to you is don't think love is this tiny little concept. Love is so abundant, and the more you see love that way, the more you can walk into this world loving, and you can change everybody's world.
1: You know, I was looking forward to this interview, but if I had really known what was in store for me, I would not have been able to sleep.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. What's one
1: big takeaway from your book that's coming out?
0: My biggest takeaway that I I hope everybody gets out of this is that mine's a story of if I could do it, anybody can do it. Truly. I didn't have a leg up in life, in my opinion, in any way. I could have focused on the negative stuff that held me back. And everybody can, everybody's got their stuff. But I hope you'll read my book because right away you're going to get challenges. Right away you're going to get concepts that just help you think a little different, give you a different perspective on life. And these are the perspectives, the strategies that will change your life.
1: But something allowed you to sell businesses and get to that point in life, I don't quite, that's one click higher than my concept right now. I build businesses, but I've never built one to sell. What's something that I might need to know?
0: Hmm. Oh, wow. Isn't that beautiful? Uh, you know, it's, it is a type of strategy, actually. It's amazing. When I started going down the very first time I was looking to sell a business, you wouldn't believe how much you actually have to work to clean up your business, to to polish it up. You can't, you can't just sell your car today. <clears throat> you, I mean, you could, but you're going to get a much lower price. You got to buff it up a little bit. Put some wax on there. Vacuum it out clean it up and not in a fake way. Like, not like, Oh, I'm I'm making it look like something. It's not no, I'm letting it shine for what it is. So preparing it for a sale is a big deal. And mentally you must be ready. There are going to be a lot of challenges. It's always trickier than you think to sell your business. And You make sure you recognize you have so much of your identity connected to your business. This is a big problem for many entrepreneurs who were business operators for many years. And there were so many moments, especially selling my business after 19 years, that I go, holy smokes, I think a lot of people would lose their mind at this moment. Lose their mind at this moment.
1: Yeah, I own a television studio that I built from the ground up that I love and I had somebody walk through it the other day because we're thinking of selling it. And I, I almost went to throw up because they wanted to move walls and change things. And I'm like, this is my child. What are you doing to my kid? Yes. must be like walking to your daughter, go down the aisle and marry another man. So yeah. I think that'll be interesting as well. The growing I, pains. Yeah. Marcus, I have 101 more questions. So either I have to invite you back or write a new book with you called How to Sell Your Company and Exit Richer. Ooh, uh, I love well, it. There, yeah, I know, right? I'll do the interview. You do the answers. And there's a book, I don't know, in a weekend. I love it, yes. We have one minute left, Marcus. Thought for the world for 2024. Oh.
0: Well, I wanna start by just saying, Forbes, thank you so much. I have loved this time with you. I'm so grateful for being here with you. I think you are amazing. I think you are absolutely changing people's lives every single day. And I'm so grateful that I got to be part of this today. And for anybody who has heard this, if, if my words have touched you at all, will you please reach out to me? Hit me up on social media. Hit me up at playbiggergame.com. There's a free discovery call. Just come check us out. You will love what you experience. We would love to be on that journey with you. I would love to spend that time with you. God bless you, everybody. Thank you.
1: Mm, Final two words for you. Naked mastermind. My crew over here is going, (laughs) we want to see him on January 3rd. And you can bring your wife and kids. That should give give you a clue as to what we're up to. Marcus, this has been Once in a Lifetime Meeting. And thank you so much. I feel very blessed. I feel an immense sense of gratitude, not only for you, but for everyone listening today and recording wise. And thanks to all my guys in Arizona for making my show happen for over a decade. You guys have been listening to the Forbes Factor. We focus on health, wealth, and happiness. And today you got a dose of all three. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye, everybody.
0: Thank you for making the Forbes Factor an important part of your week. Be sure to join Forbes Riley again next Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you again soon.